All right, Book of Romans. This should be lots of fun. Book of Romans. All right. This section of Romans has not gone the way that I necessarily wanted it to go. And to be honest with you, this section of Romans has proven to be, the more I, the more I study it and the more I look at it, the more, frustrating, the more frustrating it gets. And I guess the reason it's so frustrating is mainly because, in theory, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be so much disagreement over a passage of Scripture in theory. That's the way I perceive it. There shouldn't be. But the reality is, there is. And because there's so much disagreement, then we're going to have to do our part to try to figure this out. So we're, going to, we're not going to go back and review everything that we've looked at, but I'm going to try to set this up this morning. And we've done a lot of, if you remember, the last words of my sermon last Sunday was, I'm confused, I'm confused, right? Okay. The goal this week is to remove all confusion. Okay? Maybe. All right. I think we can on, on at least one part. So let's remind ourselves. All right. In Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and following, we are looking at this section of Scripture because it's extremely controversial. And the reason it's extremely controversial is everyone who preaches in Romans chapter 1, 18 and following, they begin to fixate and focus on the idea of homosexuality, which is mentioned in which verse? Someone said 24? All right, yes, and let's read it. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, worship the creature, worship, worship and serve the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense uh, of their error, which was meat. That's where everyone wants to go, and they're like, okay, this condemns homosexuality, and this is basically how it's structured. God gave up, gave them up. They were, the only way people become homosexuals is because they were given up. They're in a special category. They've been given up. Therefore, they cannot be saved, is how some will argue. Others will like, wait, wait, wait. That's not the way to read it. But the bottom line is, is there's massive disagreement. So it bothers me that you, we come to a passage of Scripture, and instead of just being able to preach it, I have to try to give you all the variable and different interpretations, which, again, should not be that way. It, it, it should just be like we should just be able to figure this out. But I think, put it this way, anyone who listened, they can't say that we haven't been unfair because we've spent now how many weeks trying to figure this out? We've, we've spent a lot, okay? I don't even know how many, I mean, I have to go back and count all the messages, um, but there's a lot, okay? So nobody can say that we haven't been fair. Today, I'm not going to be so fair, all right? Today, I'm just going to be kind of mean, all right? Because now it's just frustration starts building. I'm like, if Christians can't get their act together to figure out what the Bible says, you know, I just get tired of it because everyone claims that, it, you know, it's so easy, but yet nobody can agree. So this is what we're going to do. Based off everything that we looked at, and I'm not going to go back through all of it again, we have came down to basically two problems, or two things that we have to answer. Remember, two basic questions and four possible answers, if I remember correctly. What are the two questions? Number one, who's being given up? Number two, what does that mean? 
All right, everybody got that? Who's been given, who's, who is being given up and what does that mean? And what are our possible answers? Who's being given up? It either refers to humanity at large or a specific set of people. And what does it mean to be given up? It means either what? What are our two options? Some general understanding or something specific, giving up a people that possibly implies that they cannot become saved. All right, so we're going to focus on who is being given up, and we're going we're to destroy this entire argument as fast as we can. Everybody, everybody good with that? All right, here is going to be my argument. I am going to argue that who is being given up here is all of mankind. All right, and here's, and I've got f at least four points. Well, no, I got five. I got five points to try to destroy this. Now, I could be done with these five points in probably five minutes. No, I can't. Okay, no, I probably could in theory if I just read the points. But the moment I read a point, then it becomes another point, and you get, you know how that happens. All right? So that's, someone emailed me the other day, go, when you do a live broadcast and say it's going to be short, it always turns into an hour. I'm like, well, you know, do you want you know, to get your money's worth? Because you pay a lot for those uh, live broadcasts, okay? And they're like, well, I don't pay anything. I'm like, well, yeah, so you're getting your money's worth, so be quiet. All right, so here we go. You're going to get your money's worth, because I know you put a lot of money in the offering this morning, so. All right, here we go. Everybody ready? All right, who is being given up? Number one, I am going to argue uh, that who is being given up is everyone. And the reason I'm going to argue that point is because of Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans 1, verse 16 sets up the discussion starting in 18 and following. Would everyone agree it does? All right, and it starts off with, these words, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Let's stop right there. Now, the gospel we identified, there's a lot of things to euangelion, to the Greek word. But simply put, we would, we would define the gospel as being what? A, would be a simple definition of the gospel. Okay. Good tidings. Can we, can we agree, okay, can we agree that it's a message of salvation? Agreed? All right. And this message of salvation that Paul is not ashamed of, he says, I'm not ashamed of this message of salvation. Why is he not ashamed of it? It's the power of God unto what? Salvation. And it is the power of salvation to whom? To everyone that believes to Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel is for everyone. The gospel message is for everyone. Now, yes, it's only going to save those who believe, and then we could get into an argument, why do some people believe and why some people don't believe? Please see the previous message that we preached at Victory Baptist Church during the Sunday school hour. Right, hey, so for those listening online, go listen to that discussion, because that tries to argue why some believe and some don't believe, but the gospel is for whom? Everyone. Is the gospel only, well, according to, to what some people believe, the people being given up is a special group of people who possibly can't be saved. So you mean he would start by saying the gospel is for everyone and then go into a section to prove that there have been people given up who can't be saved? That would mean, it would make absolutely no sense. 
The gospel is for everyone. That's the point, right? To the Jew and to the Greek. It's the power of God unto salvation. So that's the first point. That was simple, right? The context seems to argue that this, this giving up has to refer to everyone because the gospel is for everyone, which is the thing that introduced this entire section. Agreed? Okay, all right. If you disagree, I'm, I'm sorry. I know, I know the church in Tennessee who believes that homosexuals can't be saved, they disagree, but you're crazy. Okay, all right. So, uh, you know, so, and I may send this to them, all right? Just... Just, just to say, you're crazy. You need to repent. You're, you, you, here's what you need to do. Stop worrying about homosexuality. Here's what that pastor in Tennessee needs to do. Stop worrying about homosexuality and pick up a hermeneutics textbook and learn how to actually study the Bible. That's what you need to do. Instead of screaming and yelling about homosexuals should be arrested and executed, maybe you should learn how to actually read the Bible that you're preaching from. Okay, or get out of the ministry until you learn how to preach. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have no... You know, I'm not passionate about the subject or anything. No, I just can't stand when it's being when the, when the text of Scripture is being so manipulated to say absolutely outlandish things, demonstrating a lack of knowledge in how to study the Bible. We're talking basic Bible study methods. We're not talking, uh, you know, you don't need a seminary level education uh, to be able to figure that out. Just, just reading the chapter. I mean, the whole lot, the whole argument he's going to be making over and over is what? All people are sinners, but the gospel needs to go to. Oh, that, like that's like you're destroyed. Like if all of a sudden in this section he's like, oh, oh, people, these people are really bad, and he gave them up, and they're done. Okay. Yeah, you think murderers should be? Yeah, if homosexuals, then you think murderers should really be done, right? Okay, rapists. I mean, we could go a lot of like. There's a lot of bad people, right? All right, number two, verse eighteen. The second reason I believe this is referenced to all people is because of verse eighteen. For the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The gospel is for everyone that believes, and God's wrath is revealed against all. All ungodliness and all unrighteousness. Everybody remember the, we drew a possible distinction between ungodliness and unrighteousness? What was ungodliness? An attitude towards God, right? A lack of God in your attitude, a lack of reverence, right? Don't reverence God. It's not even a, a lack of knowing that there is a God. It's no reverence, respect, worship, or caring about him. And then what was unrighteousness? Actions, right? We said that there's a possible distinction there. I know sometimes they can be used synonymous. But this would possibly refer to what? I, I get the feeling that that describes humanity, that describes sinful men, does it not? And it's against all ungodliness, against all unrighteousness. That would have to include more than what? Homosexuals. It would have to include more than homosexuals. Therefore, would we agree that all sin would fit into one of those two categories? And have all sinned? Therefore, wouldn't we all fall under the category that God's wrath has been revealed? So if the all in 18 is all, then the giving up has something to do with the all. Would you agree? I think, I think that there is a possible argument there. Number three, verses 19 to 22. 
What happens in verse 19 to 22? Well, let's look at it. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Now stop right there. Is that only referring to certain people? No, we would believe that this was referring to whom? Everyone, right? That which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. There, remember we talked about an internal witness and an external witness. Everybody remember that? All people are born with an internal witness that there is a God. Agreed? And then he showed it unto them, if we believe this to be the external witness, well, we know what the external witness is, correct? Verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Who is without excuse? Everyone is without excuse. Why is everyone without excuse? Because creation is for... Everyone. So the third reason is the revelation of God in creation is for all people. We can read that in verse 19 to 22. Psalm chapter 19, when it talks about creation, it says there is no place where the speech cannot be heard, right? Day in and day, and day, in and day out, it uttereth speech that there is a God. God's glory is shown in creation. It is for everyone. Crea creation is not just for homosexuals. Right? It's not just for those who are given up. He's making an argument that his wrath, boom, right? Or the gospel, it's for everyone. God's wrath is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness, which include all sin. And number three, the revelation of God and creation is for all people. So far, so good? All right, that brings us to number, and that gets us all the way down to verse 22, does it not? All right, number, uh, number four, look at verse 23. What happens in 23? Well, 22, after they received this great revelation, who receives this great revelation? Everyone. And what does the human race do? Professing themselves to be wise. Okay, that's, that's humanity. Right? And then what happens? They change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Let's right, stop right there. Idolatry shows up. Idolatry is a human problem, not a, a problem for specific groups of people. Right? Because, simply put, what's idolatry? Worship of something other than God. How long has idolatry been going on? Every society that you dig up, you find what? They're worshiping something. And if it's not the true God, by definition, it is an idol. Like I have uh, on, I think, the, the iPad back there, I have a book that lists every idol in the Bible. And you should just go through that book. It's crazy. It's like there's idols you didn't even know exist. An idol for this, an idol for that, an idol for, and the idolatry, 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 idolatry. Well, guess what? It, mankind, this idolatry is a human problem. The human heart is an, an idol factory. The human heart is an idol factory. Anyone who rejects God worships something. Atheists may not want to worship God. 
They worship something. Something becomes their idol. Either it's themselves or it's whatever they want to classify it. Every, every Christian kid in this church who's ever left this church and rejected Christianity, they still worship something. They just replace God with probably themselves. But it's still idolatry. That's a human problem. That's not a, that's not a special problem. Agreed? All right. So everything leading up to 24 is for whom? Everyone. So now we have 24, 26, and 28 where the giving up take place. Right? Agreed? Yes? yes. All right. So here's how, what we're going to do. The, the, number five is where we're going to be spending our time. The first four were simple. See, I told you I could do them quick. I have no choice because five is going to take six months. Okay, but all right, here we go. Now, what do we need to figure out? Everything leads us to, this is a, this is a human problem, right? This is humanity. 24 and 26 and 28, the way we need to figure this out is not trying to, because we, we want to figure out what the giving up means, and we want to figure out who they're giving up. But I think before we can answer this, we need to figure out what are they giving up to, Right? What are they giving up to? 24, what are they giving up to? Everybody write that down. What are they giving up to in verse 24? Uncleanness. Everybody got it? Uncleanness. So far so good? 26, what are they giving up to? Vile affections. What are they giving up to in verse 28? Reprobate mind. All right. So we have three things that they're giving up to. What we need to figure out is what do we, how do we understand these three things because these three things may help us understand what is going on. Isn't that a good idea, right? I think that's a great idea. So let's start with the first one. The first one is uncleanness. Okay. Anybody want to do any work on this word? If you have any uh, tools, here's the time to bring them out. I got some notes here. Oh, here, uncleanness. All right. All right. Uh, now, um, first, let's just do this. Well, no, we'll, before we, we'll, we'll work on the Greek, and then we'll look at how it's translated in other translations, okay? All right. Romans 1.24, they were given up to uncleanness. We need to know what this is referencing, correct? Okay. What, uh, if we could look at the Greek word if we, if we were to get the transliteration. It is A-K- a-T-H-A-R-S-I-A, um, I believe. A-K-A-T-H-A-R-S-I-A. Akatharsia, I think is how it's pronounced. Akatharsia. All right. We can get into a lot of things here about the word. It uh, shows up a different time. In the King James, it's used a total of 10 times. Uh, that's a good thing. Why is that a good thing? Not that many, so we, we, we're not going to have a lot of argument. Like it's used 300 times and it's used 400 different ways, right? Yeah, those are always when it's complicated. It's used 10 different times. What are the basic usage outlined here? Is number one, it means uncleanness. Woo, that's helpful. <laughs> that's helpful, right? Right? So were people given up to you know, not take baths? Right? Like, well, I mean, what's, well, in fact, baths are disgusting, so, you know, showers, but okay. Do I? Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. We're going to work on the Greek first. The NIV definitely is not Greek. Okay, All right. Okay. 
All right, there's a whole, we'll get a whole different things that they do. All right, uncleanness. Now, it can be uncleanness in what way? A physical or an immoral sense. The impurity of lustful, right? Idea of, of lustful living, right? Of impure motives. All right, um, I'm, I'm going to go down to Strong's. Uh, it uh, it's a, uh, can be physical or in a moral sense, the impurity of lustful, same kind of idea of living. They name a number of scriptures. It is used of impure motives. It is used of impure motives. So if we, if we translate this, let's go back to Romans 1.24. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. Simply put, he gave them up to what? Impure motives. Lustful desires. Now, I will argue, sounds a little bit like, let me see if I can remember this word. See if y'all can help me. I think it starts with a D. Depravity. Kind of sounds like humanity. Not just a special group of people who commit a sin that you find to be disgusting. Because God finds all sin. Not just the ones that you disapprove of and the ones you approve of, right? Agreed? Now, the uh, NIV translates it. I have an NIV up here somewhere. All right, yeah. Uh, verse, let me find it. Uh, Stephen just read it, but I'll read it here. People can hear it online. Therefore, God gave them over to sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of the bodies with one another. Now, please note, sexual impurity, the, the way the King James, or the NIV puts it, sexual impurity, uh, the, the uh, King James says, through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Let me just make this very clear. Sexual impurity goes beyond just homosexuality. God gave them up to their own uncleanness, their own impurity, their own lustful desires, their own impure motives, which led to all kinds of sexual immorality. Now, let me, I, I'm not a genius or anything, but if I go back to Genesis and I start right in, say, chapter 4 and start reading, it doesn't take me very long to start finding sexual sins, does it? Do we have a lot of different kind of sexual sins in Genesis? Yes, we do. Doesn't take long that people have more than one wife. Doesn't take us very long that we have forcible sexual relationships going on, right? We have a lot of, I mean, I, I can't say some of the things we find in Genesis. We have children present, okay? But there are things in Genesis, you know, that, that are not comfortable to talk about in, 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 a, in, a, in a situation like this, right? But uh, I would say, and if we think about it, what happened? The fall happened. Right? Did they know God? They knew God. God had been shown to them. They heard from God. However, they turned to something else. In fact, in a way, an idol, right? Because that to partake of that fruit became more important than pleasing God. They per 
partook of that, and as soon as they take of that, then what begins to happen? Murder. It doesn't take long in Genesis. You have idolatry, false religion, sin, sexual. Huh, that's interesting, huh? In fact, it kind of sounds like Romans 1, 18 and... It's kind of interesting. So, uncleanness. What's the second thing that they were given up to? Vile affections. Vile affections. Now, the word vile, I didn't write down the Greek word, but I did write the definition for the Greek word. That's Romans 1.26. means dishonor, disgrace. All right? So dishonorable, disgraceful. Everybody got that? Right? And then we have affections. What's the Greek word for affections? Pathos, right? That's a lot easier than the previous word, right? Pathos. And what does it mean? Yeah, it's used three times, so this one is not, it's not too complicated, right? Um, Sarah just kind of gave the idea. Um, the outline of biblical usage, it can... Uh, it says, uh, a, 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 to be sad or joyous, calamity, mishap, evil affection, a feeling which the mind suffers, an affection of the mind, emotion, passion, passionate. You get the idea? So what is that? A pathos would be what? Strong desire, right? A strong emotion, a strong feeling, right? And what he gave us up to what kind of strong feelings? Dis dishonorable or disgraceful. Our affections, our desires, our passions go towards things that are not necessarily honoring to God. Would you say that that kind of plays out throughout the entire Bible? For what? Not just the homosexual, but for all of us. We are all inflicted with vile affections. Dishonor, vile make you think of something disgusting, right? How does the uh, NIV translate vile affections? 26. Shameful lust. Shameful lust. Now, lust doesn't always have to be, we immediately want to put lust in which category? Sex, but it can refer to more than that. I know there's context for these verses, but just get the idea. He gave them over to vile affections, which can refer to, uh, you know, an emotion and a desire that is dishonorable, that it's, it's not a godly thing. All right, that leads us to 28, which is, gave us up to what? A reprobate mind. Now, what is this reference? What's a reprobate mind? Yeah, the Greek word that's translated here for reprobate mind or for reprobate, it's the idea, um, I think it's used eight times. Um, it's translated uh, 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 in the following manner, reprobate, cast away, or rejected. I think yeah, someone just said that. It's outlined, it's not standing the test or not approved, properly used of metals and coins, that which does not prove itself such as it ought, unfit or unproved, spurious or reprobate. Simply put, what does that mean? That our thinking, he gives us up to wrong thinking. 
a thinking that is wrong, an ungodly way of thinking, the thinking becomes all messed up. So if you think about it, what do we have? We have motives, we have passions, and we have thinking that are all messed up. What does that sound like to everyone? Human depravity. It sounds like the fall. Because what happens from the fall moving forward? Was their motives pure? No. Did Cain have good motives? No. Did he have good passions there? No. No. Did he have good thinking? No. And that goes throughout the entire Bible. All right? Let me read from chapter 6 of the London Baptist Confession of Faith. Chapter 6 of the London Baptist Confession of Faith. Let me just read a section of this. From this original corruption, speaking of the fall, whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good and wholly inclined to all evil, do proceed, uh, do proceed all actual transgressions. Let me read that again. I know it's wordy, but listen carefully. From this original corruption, what a corruption? The fall. Whereby we are utterly indisposed. We're indisposed to it. Utterly, completely. We are disabled. We are all disabled. Like I can say I'm a disabled vet. We're all disabled. We're disabled humans. And we're not partially disabled. We are completely disabled and made opposite to all good. We're opposite to all good. Opposite in what way? Motives, passions, thinking. What does that sound like to everyone? Does that sound like Romans 1? Yes. And we're wholly inclined to... We're wholly inclined to all evil. We're wholly inclined to all evil. I know you don't necessarily believe, hey, what's up? Okay. <laughs> Kids just breaking out of the nursery, just walking into the sanctuary. I know where he was going. We all know where he was headed. He was headed to Diane because she, she's giving all the kids crack. And no, no, not really. Not, not really. Okay. Okay, we're happy. Police are going to show up next week going, where is the woman handing out crack? I'm going to be like, right there, right there. Okay, All right. No, she hands out candy to the kids, and someone just broke out of the nursery and interrupted the sermon. Okay. Seth! Your kids! Get your kids under control! Okay. All right. So now let's go back and read the... Back to we were so rudely interrupted. Okay, let's go back through this again. All right. From this original corruption whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good and wholly inclined to all evil. Do proceed actual transgressions. Where do actual transgressions proceed from? All, they proceed from all of those things that are true from us after the original corruption. After the fall, those things became true of us. I know you may not want to believe that that's true of you. You may not want to believe it's true of these kids sitting around you. But that's the biblical 
understanding of humanity. Not Now, I know atheists and non-Christians are like, that is a horrible way to view people. That is just a hor... You believe people are no good. You believe people are horrible. You believe people are, you know, are, are bad. Or as the Orthodox priest said, and I can't repeat what he said, but he said, Reformed people believe people are no... Use the word D, that starts with a D, good. And he was saying that in a negative way, believing that Reformed people are horrible in the way we view humanity. And I wanted to say, well, man, the fact that you're just using that kind of language in a sermon kind of proves our point, right? You're kind of proving our point because even your affections are showing through your mouth, okay? Because there's no reason to use that kind of language in a sermon. You could, you could, you could do with that. But all the people who want to claim everyone is so nice and so wonderful and so good, they have a hard time dealing with that reality every single day when they see what? Man depravity everywhere. The London Baptist Confession of Faith is making the argument that from the original corruption, all of these things came about. And let's go through them again. We are utterly what? Indisposed. We are what? Disabled. We are what? Made opposite to all good, and we are wholly inclined to all evil and do precede all actual transgressions. Actual transgressions proceed from inner Corruption. The inner corruption happens. Let me hear, let me make sure I understand what happened. Adam and Eve sinned, and then what did God do? Gave them up. And what proceeds from the giving up to what are the three things? Uncleanliness, vile affections and a reprobate mind, what proceeds from that? All actual transgressions. What are some of those actual transgressions? Well, let's go through them, okay? So let's, now, now let's work through this quickly. Everybody ready? All right, Romans 1, 18. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive this point home as, as hard as I can, make sure that there's no Argument. Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed uh, from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Stop right there. General statement introducing the concept. The concept is God's wrath is revealed against what? All sin. That includes everything. All right. Why would God do such a horrible thing as that? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Man was given a revelation of God internally and externally. Right? However, what did man do with that? Well, they go on to, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. No one is without excuse. No, no one has an excuse, I should say. Everyone is without an excuse. Because why? Everything's been shown to them. Everything's been shown to mankind. However, because they knew not God, they glorified him not. When they say they knew not God, it's not because they didn't know God from uh, his external witness. They rejected the knowledge of God. Everybody got that? They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. This, this is, describes humanity. Adam and Eve rejected God. Humanity rejected God. God gave them over. His wrath was revealed to them. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God gave them up. 
the humanity shows a rejection of God and God gave everyone up to their, what? First, uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie, worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Right? What did they start doing? They, they started dishonoring their own bodies. And why did they start dishonoring their own bodies? Because what did they start uh, caring about? They worshiped and served the creature. They started worshiping that which would give them pleasure, so they, dishonorable, they, dishonor, they dishonor their bodies by, by doing corruptible things because they're worshiping the physical, not the spiritual. Right? For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections. For even, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. All right. Now their affections become corrupted. Right? Now, let me make this very clear. Now this, I'm going I'm to make a lot of Christians mad, but I don't care. You know where homosexuality comes from? The same depravity your lust comes from. You know where your depravity comes from? Or you know where the homosexuality comes from? From the same depravity that, makes, that causes women to not submit to their husbands. From the same depravity that causes a, a husband not to love their wife as Christ loved the church. Now I know I'm already making some Christians mad because they want this in a separate category, a separate category, a separate category, a separate category. Um, but the context here, he's placing everything together, is he not? Now he's, what is he trying to show? That the depravity... That what God gave him up to, each thing can be traced back to, that's what the London Baptist Confession is trying to say. The actual transgression proceeds from the internal corruption that we were given up to. Everybody understand that? And it lays out those things. Now, and, and you say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, we'll keep reading. Okay, um, for, for God, so we got the natural use, verse 27, Man with man, women with women. Okay, we get the idea. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then look at what happens in verse 29. In fact, if, you, if we see this as a downward progression, homosexuality is not at the bottom of the list, is it? Because what comes after homosexuality? Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, that's probably the Greek word pornea, probably, which means sexual immorality, which would include what kind of sexual sin? Adultery, fornication, lust, pornography, you name it, right? Wickedness. Next. Yeah, covetousness. Yeah, I bet you. There's, how come covet, uh, those who covet never get placed in some special category? God gave up those who covet, they're done. My church is not going to let anyone who covets come to our service. Has anyone here ever coveted anything? I, I am strongly coveting right now the new Kindle that's supposed to be released on July the 24th. I even asked Sarah for a solution like, hey, I saw this news article. People are hugging cows for $75 an hour. You've got cows. You've got property. Start a business. I get part of the money. I get the new Kindle. Everyone's happy. She told me no. So I started selling drugs on Friday. In fact, Monday I'm calling her, her kids and see if they need some drugs or if their friends need some drugs. So I'm running out of customers. Right? 
Now, those listening online, I did not really start selling drugs, okay? But the point is, I want that Kindle, and there's a little bit of just maybe. And if you get one, it'll be really bad because I want to take it from you. Okay? Hey. Right. Give me the full price of the Kindle, and I'm on my way to your house right now with a rope, okay? I will Google how to catch a cow, okay? Okay. I will figure out how. But I need, I need more than $75 I'm going to go out in the heat and try to catch a cow, okay? I need some, I need everything. I need the Kindle, the case, I need it all, okay? It's already in my cart on Amazon, so just, you know. But, but I think we've all been guilty of covetousness in some way, shape, or form. Agreed? Yeah. Next. Maliciousness. You are sometimes malicious when you get mad at me, right? Full of envy. Have you ever envied anything? Full of envy. Right? Uh, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, uh, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evils, evil things, disobedient to parents. Whoa! Disobedient to parents comes after homosexuality? Paul, you are so confused. Homosexuality is far worse than disobeying parents. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, and, and, pla and implacable, uh, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God and that which uh, commits such things are worthy of death. Who commits what things are worthy of death? Would you agree that that's referring to all of those things? Wow, wait a minute. Now remember, that pastor in Tennessee called for the rounding up of homosexuals to be put to death. This would be rounding up all of us. That's why you don't want biblical laws made civil laws, because you would be killing Everyone. Christians love a civil law to ban, punish homosexuals. We want that. Yeah. But you don't want the laws to punish you, your children, and your family. Because not, well, none of us would be alive, but even if we made it alive, and then we made it a civil law to put religious law into effect and punish it civilly, all your kids would be dead. Oh, yeah, we would. I'm saying if the law came after we became grown, okay, you know, because my parents are dead, so I'm good. All right, so, but, right? And you'd be like, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. Don't kill, don't kill my kid. Well, you wanted it, but you're, you have no problem killing the homosexuals. How, how wonderful Christians are. This puts it all together, does it not? I think the argument is this. We're all sinners. We've all been given up to depravity. What proceeds from depravity? All sin. Including what? Not just homosexuality. Includes all the things that we just listed. And if we take Jesus' understanding of those things, it goes more, Jesus condemns not just the external action, he condemns the internal thought, and desire, meaning no one gets out of this unscathed. Now, we love to condemn the person who does it externally while not condemning the person who does it 
eternally, but we're all condemned. So, here's the case. We're all worthy of death according to this. Would you agree? And I would agree that when we say, uh, not only do they do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them, I think we've all taken pleasure in sin and in those who commit sin. We, we've, we've all been guilty of all of this. In some way, shape, or form, we all find ourselves here. Now, go to 1 Corinthians. And uh, Stephen, if you've got the NIV, we'll need it here. First Corinthians chapter 6, let's start in verse 9. Everybody there? And we'll end with this. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Stop right there. That means we're all in trouble. Because we're all unrighteous. So none of us can inherit the kingdom of God in ourselves. We're going to need something to get us there. Agreed? Now what is he going to list? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Now the NIV, I think instead of having effeminate, I think it uses the word homosexuals. Yes? Okay. So homosexuals would be a part of this list. Please note, homosexuals listed with a lot of stuff, is it not? It's listed with fornicators, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous. There's that covetous thing again. How come there's, there's never a movement against being covetous? There's no, I mean, like, I don't ever hear Christians so upset about all the covetousness happening in our nation. You know what? If God destroyed those people, he better apologize to America because we've got covetousness all over the place. No. You know, if a, if a hurricane strikes a city, you know why he did so? Because all the homosexuals in the city. You never hear those Christians saying he did it because of all the covetous people. I guess, I guess God's never upset with covetousness. He just, he places it in every list, does he not? In fact, covetousness is mentioned in the Ten Commandments. Homosexuality, by name, is not mentioned in the Ten Commandments. Adultery is, but that, it doesn't go into anything else. Well, wh why would he, I mean, if homosexuality is the big one, wouldn't we make like, you know, 11 commandments? Nor drunkards, what? He put drunkards in the same list with homosexuality? That can't be! That can't be, because alcohol is the, wonder, the greatest thing in the history of the world. Now, the idea is nobody can define what, drunk, what God's blood level is for drunkenness. Right? You're like, I can't go to that verse and... Oh, no, I, th I think I'm drunk. It's over. Yeah. Nobody knows exactly what the level is. Everybody thinks they do. My thing is, if I can't tell when God, when God classifies me as drunk, I know one way to avoid it. Nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, homosexuals is thrown right there in the middle of that list. Would everyone agree? All right, now, gave them up. Now, here's going to resolve the argument. Give them up obviously refers to mankind. Agreed? Now, the issue is, can those who have been given up be saved? Next verse. And such were some of you. 
but you were, ye are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Meaning that those who were any of those things can be saved. So the idea that the Romans 1 is saying give up and you can't be saved is ludicrous. And I know I'm hearing Christians right no, 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 no. Homosexuality is in a special category. Homosexuality. Look, if you believe that, and I'm going to say this to anyone listening online, just go listen to someone else. Don't bother emailing me and arguing with me this afternoon because I'm tired of arguing with insane Christians who want to put homosexuals in some special category so that you can condemn this more than any other sin. I am not your kind of Christian. I don't want to be associated with that nonsense. Get out of my face. I'm finished with that. I'm tired of playing that game. Because I've heard too many. Again, I have heard, I sat in a church in Omaha, Nebraska, or no, Papillion, Nebraska, correct town, and then they had a guest speaker, and he talked about bashing the heads in of homosexuals. And everyone in the church said, yes. And when I confronted them, I was the bad guy. I was some liberal, you know, who, 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 who didn't understand the, the, the judgment of God. And I'm like, give me a break. If we're going to talk the judgment of God, everyone in this church should be wiped off the face of the earth. In fact, the man preaching that kind of hate. That's not the way it should work. So, that, I think that resolves the problem, right? Would you agree? Romans 1, 18 and following is talking about the the the. the the downward spiral of humanity. Man rejected God from the very beginning. They knew God. Did Adam and Eve know God from the very beginning? Absolutely. They rejected God, and there was a downward spiral that has continued to the day that we live. Does horrible things come from that? Yes, they do. But I will say this. When it comes to homosexuals, they are sinners just like you, and they're just like me. Right? But please always at least understand this. Sexual desire is a very, 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 very strong desire that is ingrained in our bodies and in our DNA. Everyone agree? Why people have certain preferences or certain likes, or certain dislikes, no one can comprehend it, no one can understand it. It's far more complicated than anyone can understand. Nobody understands. So a lot, some Christians want to get into this argument whether you're born that way or not born this way. Here's the thing, that, and I don't know why Christians have that debate. It's a foolish debate to have. You know why? We're all born sinners. Okay? Whether we're born with that desire or not born with the desire has nothing to do with Christianity. Because Christianity said they were born a sinner. And therefore, we're all born sinners, but we're all still held accountable for our sin. So even if they're born that way, that's irrelevant to the debate because the sin is still sin. I am born a sinner, and I'm still held accountable for my sin. So being born that way has nothing to do with it. Would everyone agree with that? Don't have that debate. No, 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 they're not. It's a choice. I did not choose to not be gay. And I cannot choose to be gay. I, I, I do not possess the ability to do so, right? I can't, right? Because there's something in my makeup that says, no, not for me. No, I don't find men attractive. 
in any way, shape, or form. No one had to teach me that. So if they have that desire, I don't know how they got it, because I couldn't choose it. So if I can't choose it, because if I say they weren't born that way, and I say they chose it, then that seemed to imply that I can choose it, and I can't. So therefore, I don't have that argument. You're born a certain way. I'm born a certain way. But here's what, the thing. God tells us what sin is, and that's a sin. So I would, but I want to make it very clear. You have to show some compassion. Because you're a heterosexual, right? And God tells you how to live out your sexual life, correct? And you're given lots of, uh, 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 you have an ability that if you have strong desire, you can get married to help satisfy said desire. They never can. It's easy for you to go, well, just repent and change. They may never, even repenting and coming to faith, may never change that desire. Did you stop desiring sin after you became saved? Well, I wanted someone to tell me they have. Because then all you should just stop doing it, right? No, you still desire sin, do you not? Did every Christian woman in here become all, all of a sudden magically submissive to their husbands? No. You still desire what? Diane <laughs> just said it. To rule! Silence the man! Down with man! <laughs> right? Okay, right. Because it's inside of us. Right? So you always have to have a little compassion. When we call them to Christianity, we, they are truly taking up a cross truly dying to self and truly have to sacrifice. And we can't sit there and go, well, you should just stop desiring it. You, you should just stop desiring sin. That's a hard thing for them. So never, don't be so dismissive of it. Like, that's, I feel bad in that sense. Because you're like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? Live your life, probably without a partner, and live your life without physical relationships. And it's easy for you to go, well, that's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's not easy. But Christianity, when, it, when, when Christ calls us to follow him, he calls us all to die to ourselves. The thing is, we have a way of make, lessening the responsibility for us to die, and we like putting it on someone else to die. We're all called to do that. Right? And we could get into lots of discussions about that. All right, I think that, gets a I think that solves it. Do everyone agree that that pretty much resolved all the questions? All right. And, I and now, I know there's those in culture who don't believe homosexuality is actually condemned in the Bible. They believe that Romans 1 is not condemning homosexuality. It's condemning either some kind of, you know, uh, forcible sexual relationship or, you know, there's no way to get around it. It's I mean, it's condemning homosexuality. I don't, I don't know how you can get around it. I'm not going to go through all of it, you know, all the different arguments, but that don't make any sense, all right? I think, here's what we, we, guess what we just discovered? We're all messed up. And God gave, gave us up. He just said, you want your sin? Go have it. And do we not see that every single day? So the Bible is confirmed by reality. And when we reject the author of nature, right, then we reject the order of nature. And we reject the author of creation, and now the order of creation looks like chaos, because that's what happens when you reject the author. All right, let's pray. Lord God, we come before you this morning. Lord, I know some very strong words, 
but I get very tired of Christians handling this subject in such horrible, horrible ways. We have done irreparable damage and harm to human beings by either making them feel like they cannot be saved or, or placing them in some special category or, or, or somehow making their sin so much worse than ours. Lord, the Bible constantly places that sin in a list with all kinds of other sins, and they put them in list of sins that everyone in this room has been guilty of and probably will be guilty of even this afternoon. Let us not be so arrogant to want to condemn one sin far greater than the sin that everyone in here is guilty of, and we're guilty of many because we are all sinners by nature. I pray that this truth would give us a greater compassion for reaching to those. The homosexual, the issue for the homosexual is not necessarily their homosexuality. Their issue is just the same for everyone in here. We're all sinners, and we can pick out plenty of sins to look at. It doesn't have to be just that one, but we have to repent and come to you, and we pray that we have a compassion and a desire to bring the gospel to all sinners, no matter what that sin looks like in everyday life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people said...